Today's guest on the show, on the Real Mike Tang Show, is Halim Ko, also known as Peter. Peter is a musician, producer, and performer, as his music and production can be heard and seen in the Bay Area, San Jose, San Francisco, and also YouTube. Um, Peter is also a value technician for one of the established companies in the design and installation space, um, also called the audiovisual system space. Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Mike? Peter, it's been a it's been a while here. I haven't uh, seen you in probably over a year since the oh, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, we wanted to maybe give our audience um, a little insight about yourself. Um, we usually start off with asking about your journey and how you ended up being where you are today. Okay, um, so I guess we can start with uh, I was originally born in Korea, uh, Seoul, and I came over to America when I was two. Um, and then my family decided to kind of do this back and forth thing for a little bit. And so I kind of lived growing up in both Korea and America. And that kind of allowed me to, you know, soak up the culture of both America and Korea to a large degree. And yeah, and I, and I grew up, but I grew up here in Fremont in the Bay Area for most of my life, uh, mm -hmm. at least over 15 years of my life. So grew up here, um, you know, after high school, went to LA for a little bit, came back and, you know, found, found a, an internship opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's that company, the startup company is actually where I met you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we connected. And, uh, ever since then, you know, I, I've moved on to more of the AV integration side in terms of my, you know, work, uh, nine to five. Um, but besides that, I found kind of my purpose and passion in music and creating communities in the Bay Area. How long were you in LA for? Uh, I was in LA for basically a year. Yeah. Okay. I left right after high school. So gotcha. Yeah. So you were there for a year there. Um, did you experience um, anything new or different um, living in a different kind of environment um, in Los Angeles uh, for that year? Absolutely. I, I would say, you know, when I grew up, when I was growing up in the Bay, I I like any other kid, I guess, you know, you grow up in a bubble and yep. you grow up in a way it's just taken care of by your parents and, you know, by the people around you. And I kind of, I wanted to just get out of my house and just live my own life when I was that age, you know, I was sick of being in the house and I just was, I wanted, I wanted to learn and kind of experience life uh, somewhere else. Right. So definitely there was a huge difference because, you know, I was super, I think, in many ways, especially in regards to my spirituality and like, you know, I, I was super involved in church during my high school years. And then mm -hmm. when I went to L.A., I kind of was able to think outside of that bubble and expand my perspective on things. Um, mm. Yeah, so definitely different. Very cool. We can always go back to that there. And uh, we we also um, we like to talk about habits and routines um, on this show, but you know, what is a simple habit or activity that um, consistently have made you productive and happier uh, during the day? So I would say in regards to, uh, are we talking strictly physical, like something I do or is it, can it be mental? Oh, it could be either. Okay. So I'd say a lot of my habits that I kind of point towards in my pr productivity would be mental. So, you know, one of the things I try to keep in mind is that motivation is not going to just come out of nowhere 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's something you kind of build and earn as you continue to move. So whenever I don't feel motivated, I don't let that stop me. I kind of just keep going regardless uh, of the motivation I feel. And I know that that motivation is going to pick up as I keep going. Mm-hmm. So I'd say like habitually speaking, that's something I've been nailing, kind of tr- really trying to nail mentally. And I've been doing consistently. Uh, that definitely helps. Um, I mean, a huge part of it is self-awareness, I think, too. Yeah. You know, just being know- knowing your preference, like knowing when you're productive, knowing when you're drained, you know, when you're likely to be distracted, like that kind of stuff. I- I've been kind of just be- being able to calculate that over the years. So it's more like being conscious of mm-hmm. like kind of like your everyday activities um, here and just, you know, that uh, saying action creates action. Exactly. Um, per se exactly. yep. there. Okay. Gotcha. So there's no like one exact, um, you know, routine that you do maybe in the morning, you know, sometimes, you know, some of my guests, you know, they, um, they do like a, a workout um, in the morning, they maybe um, make some green tea um, here just to kind of uh, get their blood flowing. Um, me, you know, personally, you know, I love to, you know, meditate um, first thing in the morning with my cup of coffee That's there. Awesome. And, and I yeah. read like maybe, you know, 20 minutes of non-fictional, non-fictional um, books uh, that kind of, um, you know, keeps me up and, and going. Um, but, I, but I really do like um, the mental self-awareness um, approach that you brought to the table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I wish I could meditate every morning and I probably, you know, I think I've attempted to in in the past Mm -hmm. Um, for me personally. So I I actually, I have to wake up at 4 a.m., 4 4 a.m. to 4.30 a.m. every morning because I start work at five. Yeah. So, so for me, it's kind of like, uh, I haven't, I don't really desire to set up a, um, a morning routine that requires me to do something else other than wake up, put my clothes on and go to work. Yeah. But um, when I'm at work, I definitely uh, have my little, you know, routine of, you know, while I'm checking my email mentally, like mental space wise, I'm like, just I'm alone. And that's one of the things I like about my current job situation is when I go to work in the morning, I'm not there's no one around me. Mm. So I'm able to have that kind of meditative space, headspace, you know, for, for a little bit. Yeah, so you do have a little bit of an environment where it's quiet um, yes, first exactly. thing in the morning. And I think that's important, you know, and it, people don't have to sit down and meditate. They can also find walks alone to be useful um, as yeah. well. I find like some friends of mine, they they use that as a, um, a form of meditation too and just to kind of um, get their head headspace clear. Right, definitely. I, I, I try to work out like um, three three times, three to four times a, a week. And that to me is also another form of meditation because, yeah, you know, you're focused on your body more than you are in your mind when you're working out. So. Yep, absolutely. Conversely, have you managed to break an unhealthy habit um, lately or in the past few years? And if so, how did you do it? Oh, man, I, I love this question because I haven't had a chance to talk about this with a lot of people, but... Um, I, so I used to be a daily, you know, smoker. So I would smoke a lot of marijuana, mm. a lot of weed. Yeah. And I would smoke every day. Um, and I, I would smoke, basically, I would wake up, go to work, 
right as I'm going home or once I get off, I would roll up one and just smoke, right? And I would just be high for the rest of the day. And, and, and like years went by me just doing that. And at some point I, I was able to completely quit. So I'm actually, I've been clean from, from weed for about, I think over a year now, definitely over a year, maybe even approaching half, uh, one and a half at this point. So that's definitely one of the biggest ones that I, I was able to break. And how did you manage to break the habit? So I'm not gonna lie, it took so many failures. You know, yeah. like it, it, it's, it's one of those things for me, I think where, so there's, there's so many sides to it where, you know, you, you want to quit, but then you see the clear benefits of weed, right? So like when you're high on, on weed, you, sometimes you have moments of clarity. Sometimes you have moments mm. of deep self-reflection. Sometimes you hear music differently, right? Mm. That was a big one for me, right? Because I'm, I'm big on music. I do music. So when I'm able to hear different perspectives of even my own songs or another person's song, that to me was value, right? So there were certain clear benefits that I really appreciated, but I think I had to sit down on multiple occasions and really like really decipher, you know, what are the pros and what are the, what are the cons, right? And, you know, it allows me to be more creative, but it doesn't, ultimately it didn't allow me to be more productive. So all that creativity for what, right? So like things like that, I think I had to really have those discussions and yeah, it, it wasn't a one-time thing. You know, I, I, I quit and then I quit for a year and I came back to it. I quit for like a couple months. I came back to it a couple of weeks, came back to it. And like, it was mm. very repetitive motion of just going back into it, quitting, you know, just kind of a toxic relationship with, with yeah. the substance. But uh, yeah, just at, at some point, I, I when I look back, genuinely, I do believe it was kind of a miracle because I, you know, don't think it was by my own efforts purely, you know, because uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person of faith now. And so, you know, I've, I've actually recently kind of got back into my faith mm -hmm. and, and I, I genuinely believe that, you know, God has something to do with it, you know, because... I don't know. I, for me, it was kind of like I, I questioned myself if I could ever do it, if I could right. really ever quit, you know, and that it w and like we wasn't we weed was just one thing that I quit. It was other things as well. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy that you were able to break um, the habit there. You know, sometimes, you know, marijuana could be a positive um, for some people in terms of like, you know, recovering from injuries. Um, some people are able to sleep a lot better, yeah. um, you know, while smoking it. But, um, you know, I do hear cases like yourself where it kind of consumes you, right? And, totally. some, and something that consumes you and makes you unproductive and makes you become lazy. Sometimes, you know, change needs to be made um, here. And I'm, I'm just really happy that you're able to um, understand, acknowledge, and make that change. Yeah, no, thank you, man. Um, I, I, I remember a friend saying, though, it's like, you know, maybe you being into weed this much isn't the root of the issue, but it's a symptom, right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's definitely something to think about, too, I think. You know, it's like, I wonder if it was the substance itself that I was having issues with or more of the pre-existing issues that I was dealing with, you know? 
And for most, that's very much the case. You know, sometimes you know people take substances, they drink just because they want to kind of get away from reality, and they have, you know, certain issues or problems that, you know, that needs to be addressed, but they kind of hide it behind substances yeah, per se. Right. Exactly. Let's talk about、um, your career and creativity. And you mentioned creativity. There was there another industry that piqued your interest in terms of utilizing a creative side of you. Um. Well, I think you know the other industry is something I'm developing as we speak. I guess. Right. Yeah. So my my career as an artist, as a not only a recording artist, but lately I've been kind of transitioning to a more of a、uh, storyteller,、uh, content creator、uh, hmm. type of、um, field. I guess you know because I re I realize that you know I love music, but music is simply. A part of what I want to use to tell my stories, and I think my biggest passion is in storytelling.、Mm -hmm. I've been kind of honing into that direction lately.、Um, but yeah, I think it's something I'm just developing as time goes by. I'm trying to build the skill set, but also the connections, the network,、um, mm. and and kind of conjunction to that. I am also I'm also preparing to. Start a business that connects venues and、um, events with artists in the Bay Area. So it's something I、I'm, I actually haven't told a lot of people about this. So you're you're kind of getting the exclusive here. But I've been preparing for the past couple weeks to start、um, a business where I basically throw shows and concerts,、um, and it's going to be kind of exclusive to the Bay Area. That's kind of my focus and my target audience. But、um, Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking I'm gonna eventually move into that, and I feel like my a current AV experience is going to play a role in that as well. So, that's awesome. Here, do you think with the audio visual、um, system field that you're in, are you able to kind of implement、um, some of that?、Um, I guess, I guess what the hardware side of things into these type of shows, or is it more of just like? The concept and some of the stuff that you've seen and the planning behind some of these events here—that's yeah, I would say both. You know, I I haven't had a, a lot of experience in live staging and audio and things like that, but、mm -hmm. um, the actually you know the show business and like throwing shows and concerts—that's kind of a stepping stone for me to reach my ultimate goal, which which is to. Uh, basically, build and maintain a facility in the Bay Area that cultivates culture and arts、yeah. for Bay Area artists. So that's that's kind of my big thing. And so for that goal, my AV experience absolutely carries over because you know I I would have to have either someone or myself manage all the AV equipment inside the building,、mm -hmm. um, and and be able to just you know do the best with what we have. So. You know that's very awesome to see, and、uh, you know I'll definitely be checking up and seeing how you progress、uh, with that type of journey there. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thank you. You know you started off your career in an engineering and support role、um, for a startup audiovisual display company. Yes. Did you learn a thing or two、um, during this time? Oh man, I learned a lot. You know, <laughs> like you know sometimes like I, I won't I wouldn't say my time at that company. Was like the most enjoyable, or the most like,、um, yeah, like the most enjoyable, right? There were a lot of tough 
moments. But that's those are the moments that kind of teach you a lot, right? So yeah, um, especially because it was a small startup, I had to play every role. You know, I had to. At at one point, I was the West Coast sales. Um, at another another time, I was the technical support. I was also the installer that goes on site. I had mm-hmm. to travel around the state. I had to help throw sh- trade shows and yeah. be the person you know on the mat. So just everything really, and I, I got to kind of understand first off how difficult it is to really run a business and how no one really has any idea what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, another thing is like it also helped me just gain confidence overall. You know, to to be able to conquer anything because it's like shoot, well, I could learn this and I'm able to do it. So why can't I do this? You know, this new thing. Yeah, you know, and what's great about the roles that you played is that you kind of uh, see what you like and don't like, right? That is true. Yeah. So you've you've experienced, you know, kind of like engineering, um, technician, um, being in sales, there, and even though at the time it may seem that, you know, you were going through, you know, hell per se. Um, you can kind of you can kind of look back and realize, okay, this is you know what I'm good at, or this is what I really don't like doing and stuff, and yeah. um, it kind of um, shapes your career. It does, it does absolutely. I mean, there are certain skills also that I've taken away from from working there yeah. that, I, that I'm us- utilizing today. You know, I, I actually yeah. literally rep- I, I've created a uh, an Excel report uh, for something work with it today and i would just i would never think of doing something like that if mm-hmm. i had never if i had never already done it you know yeah. it's just like why would i create a report who cares about reports yeah you know definitely you know you took a small break um uh, from the audio um visual uh field and came back into the industry was there something that helped motivate this change um when when which break are you talking about? There was a I think there was a couple. Yeah, I think this was um, maybe before. I think this was maybe your first break um, here from first break. yeah from uh, the first startup, and then you kind of took a break, and I think yeah. you went to pursue yeah. music uh, yes. for a little bit. You're and right. Then, you're right. And then you came back, so I just wanted to kind of see what your experience was taking a yeah. break and. Did anything kind of propel you to come back? Absolutely. I, I so what actually kind of initially took me away um, from being, you know, at a company just working the nine to five, um, specifically AV, was I had an injury mm. um, while working out one day because I used to powerlift, and I, I just, you know. I was stupid. I was like not sober and I was lifting weights. <laughs> yeah. And I got a, a lumbar disc herniation in my L5 and my oh. L4. Oh, wow. And that affected me. And you could, you know, you could actually bounce off of that. But the issue was that I was living this life of uh, working in the office day and night. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't allowing myself to rest. And the issue just kept getting worse and worse. And at some at one point, I really had I just because you know there's like when you have lumbar discrimination, you have you start having pain in your nerve your nerves on your legs and stuff like that. And yeah, I was like I just I, I gotta take care of this. Mm-hmm. And you know we all know American healthcare system is abysmal. It's ridiculous. And a single MRI scan here was with insurance, which but by the way doesn't cover your your MRI scan. Yeah, with insurance, you know even if you had insurance. 
it, the cost of that scan was basically worth more than me going to Korea to get a scan done in Korea and come wow. back. So, yeah. you know, so in my mind, I was like, it just makes no financial sense for me to just drop and then, you know, drop like, I forgot how much it's like over two grand just mm -hmm. for a scan, just to find out what's wrong, you know? So I was like, you know what? I've, I've wanted to go to Korea for a long time. I've wanted to go because it was like, it's been like 10 years since I went at the time. Mm -hmm. And I know that it was so much more different because I'm different, you know, once I, once I went back. So I decided, look, you know what? I'm going to go to Korea. I'm going to live there for two years uh, under the visa and uh, just take away what I can learn as much as I can about Korean traditional uh, drums and dance. Cause that's, I grew up doing that as a kid cause my mom is a Korean traditional dance instructor. So, right. So I, I set out with that goal initially. Um, and, and I, and I actually, I did stay there, um, had some of the most unforgettable experiences while I was there living with random strangers and learning the arts that I've wanted to pursue for the longest time. Uh, mm -hmm. but after about five months, I, I decided, you know what, I think I, I, I know what I want to do now. And I think I know what I'm, I want to achieve. And I, I think I has to be in the Bay area. So I kind of basically found my purpose and I came back after that yeah a lot of people they kind of go on these um, overseas trips there to kind of um quote unquote find themselves yeah. right yep. and it does sound like that korea trip was one of those moments for you where you were you were going through an injury um there maybe you are maybe a little bit unhappy of your current situation um in yeah. the bay area totally. and um you, you got an opportunity and most people don't get that opportunity, you know, to kind of um, pack their bags and um, and leave for a few months there. And it sounds like you were able to do it and, you know, found some clarity and realized that, you know what, the Bay is really not that bad of a place to be. Right. It's what you make of it. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah things could be bad and yeah. it, there's always going to be hardships and let's be honest, like the Bay area is really tough. It's, it's yeah. hard to make it out here because of the crazy rent and all these other things involved. Like this, this whole success driven culture, it can get really tiring and yeah. stressful. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, sometimes I, I just, I'm, I've had enough of it. Right. But in the end of the day though, uh, for me personally, I'm a big believer in, uh, growing as a person and ultimately giving back to what helped you grow. And for me, I think the Bay Area is special in that sense because it gave me so much and I want to somehow give back in, in some way that I can, you know? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree with you um, here. And I guess you're maybe finding um, that way, you know, through some of those projects that you mentioned in terms of um, storytelling and creating a platform. Um, for a musician like yourself to kind of um, reveal their talents um, in this city. Yes, yes. I'm very excited to just, you know, start really cultivating that. I think for the past couple of years, ever since that Korea trip, mm -hmm. I've been able to connect with some of the, some of the, you know, most talented, you know, kind-hearted people. And I'm just, I feel blessed. You know, I feel genuinely blessed. And I feel like this is definitely part of my purpose in life.
So let's talk about um, some of your music here. How did you get into music to begin with? Oh man, so for music, I've I think uh, when I was a little kid, I my my mom and uh, my brother is a big fan of music. So having an older sibling who's always has their music blaring through your rooms, you know, it's gonna it's gonna definitely have an impact on you too. But uh, also. Uh, I kind of grew up initially as a kid. I grew up listening to a lot of Korean ballads, nineties, eighties, seventies, and then um, in high school, I, I was a praise team leader, and that's when I, for the first time, kind of was given a platform to perform mm-hmm. and and you know conduct music and being able to just play four chords on a guitar already kind of pushed me to try and write my own music because you know when you're a teenager you have a lot of feelings and you have a lot of feelings you want to express and you know i i remember i think one of the first songs i wrote was about uh my high school crush or something like that and and i i i based a lot of my my lyric structure and style uh on the artists that i were li- that i was listening to at the time like uh ray charles frank sinatra mm. a lot of like soul like a lot of soul singers yeah and that kind of opened up this door of being able to write songs and i've always had this idea that like there's no such thing as there's you can't be wrong in writing a song you can't there's no technically correct way. That's 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 how I view it, you know. And that helped me to just keep writing regardless of how bad the writing was. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just like, whatever, you know, who cares? Like, who cares? Let me just write. Like, let me just write. I can do whatever I want, right? So I would just keep writing and writing. And um, that kind of just, I, I maintained that over the years, right? And around so when i was 23 that's that's kind of when i uh, went to korea but even before i went to korea i I was getting into hip-hop yeah so i was my friend had introduced me to a couple of just random songs i forgot which ones but what i do remember is he him introducing me to kendrick lamar's uh good kid mad city yeah and that that album is extremely uh, story driven. It's 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 like a it's like a movie, right? And it has a beginning, it has an end, and he kind of tells this his story in a really eloquent way. And I I just remember listening to it and feeling just extremely inspired by his his work. And I was just like, man, that's that's dope, and like I totally want to do that, you know. And that that storytelling aspect of his his work kind of pushed me to start writing kind of rap lyrics and at the same time uh one of my friends um one of my friends one of my korean friends yun he i knew this guy for and he would rap and that kind of broke the mold for me too because i was like you know i don't even know if really asians could rap you know yeah like i was like i feel like rap is like uh like a you know whatever like a an american thing or like a black thing or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and seeing him rap kind of made me think like well i mean if he can do it i could do it you know like yeah and so i kind of started rapping because of that as well and so once i i started writing lyrics and i remember the first song i wrote um 
it was actually at work. <laughs> yeah. So I was at work and I just, you know, I was just kind of like procrastinating at whatever I was doing. And then I just took my phone and I just started writing lyrics and I wrote um, this song. It was called uh, The Answer. And it was about, it was a story kind of telling, it was a story about me growing up in my in my household and growing up without a father and um telling the hook was kind of like saying you know we're looking for a father figure and we look for it in leaders and in in pastors and these other you know head figures mm-hmm. um and yeah that, that, that was kind of the hook right and it was talking about basically how i feel like i've been living my life looking for so a father figure looking for someone to like lead me and and basically give me the answers right and and then it kind of ends with the fact that like we are the answer like you you have the answer in you and it's up to you to find it it's just you know until you realize that you kind of just look outwardly right and so that was the first song that really wrote that was like a rap song and Mm -hmm. that kind of and then i went to korea after that actually and then while i was in korea my creativity just exploded because uh, I had finally gotten like a, a laptop with um, music making software and I had so much time to myself mm-hmm. and I was in a new environment. So I was inspired and I had so much lyrics, so so many things to say. And I started to just write out, an enti- I wrote an entire album out. I remember um, that during that trip in Korea. And then I came back and that's when I started to really look into recording and looking to studio time and looking into how that works. Cause you know, I mean, it's like, you have no idea where to start. Right. So I just yeah. kind of got into it and I, I just Googled it. I just like Googled like recording studio or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the first studio I ever went to was, um, it was shine on studio. It's in Oakland, by the way, great studio. Um, David is awesome, but yeah, he kind of showed me the initial ropes of what recording even looks like. And, you know, he liked what I had made. And so we recorded and made this song uh, called Forbidden Forever. And that was kind of my first release. And I released it on SoundCloud. And yeah, and it picked, you know, it picked up like a good amount of listens. You know, it was like 1,200 or something like that. And I was like impressed by myself. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm awesome. Right. Is it still it's on Sound? Is it still on SoundCloud right oh, now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually I, I kept that one up on purpose because I was like, this is my first song, you know. All the other ones, like I, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to keep it up there. But yeah, since then, you know, I've actually started to develop a very specific direction with my artistry. But that song was kind of the first bookmark, I guess, you know, release, and so that kind of started me on the journey of music. I would say, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing how it all started probably from the notepad app on your phone, right? Where yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah. you know what, I'm just going to just start writing. I'm just going to start typing in some lyrics Yeah. Um, exactly. here. It didn't really have to be too fancy and you can kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, in fact, I, I would imitate, you know, in the beginning, even even before I started writing rap songs, like when I was writing like just normal songwriting songs, I would try to imitate what I had heard. And I didn't feel any shame about imitating. I felt like, you know what, like, this is what I like. So, like, let's just try it, you know? Yeah. And and that led to me developing my own unique style ultimately. So, yeah, you know what? I'm a big proponent of um, 
in, you know, replicating certain styles that you like、mm-hmm. there, just because like we're not, we're all not geniuses, right? We're not gonna like come out and create something totally new or be like Einstein and create the light bulb, right? We have to follow. We ought. We actually have to follow something to kind of get started, and from、yeah. there you can kind of create your own style and create your unique personality towards the thing that you want to do. Totally, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think that we, our genius is built on other people's geniuses. You know, like, yeah, you know. I mean, if the computer didn't exist, I think that I think Elon would have had a very difficult time working on what he's working on. You know, yeah,、and、very so, like, challenging. Yeah, yeah, and so we kind of stand on each on 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 the people you know before us. You know, we stand on their achievements and and their successes. So, I I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Have you faced any challenges、um, producing and making music during the pandemic at all here, or has it been、um, pretty straightforward the past like year?、Uh, so when the when the whole shutdown started, which、mm-hmm. was、uh, I think February, or yeah February, the first thing I did was just go home. Right, I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen, but this seems pretty serious at this point, and. Yeah, I kind of just locked down with my family. Oh, excuse me. And uh, uh, in the beginning, I was just like, "Hell yeah!" Right? I have all this time.、Um, uh, my my old always my gripe as an artist working nine to five is like I feel like I'm being robbed of my creativity and、yeah. my time and my energy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can't help but feel that. And. So when I when when you know this whole pandemic started, I was just like, I have so much time, you know. And so what did I do? I went right away home to sack and got in my room and just started to eat hella good food and play games all day.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that lasted for like maybe you know like a week or two. But then after that, I was like, okay, now I, I think I've played enough. I'm gonna. Actually, work on the projects that I've been meaning to work on, and so for the next, I'd say like two months, I did a lot of music while I was, you know, in quarantine.、Mm-hmm. But then it kind of drops off after a while, and I think a part of that is when you're just home all day. There's really nothing to inspire you. There's, I mean, there's nothing to, I guess, provoke you and like just invoke this will to write something compelling. I think you know、mm-hmm. and. At least for me, I think that's what I noticed. Like, I was too comfortable. I think,、mm-hmm. you know, being being in the pandemic, like, I I felt like I just I need to go back to work because、yeah. I I think as as you know as ironic as it might be, it's like I I think I need suffering, you know, like I I need some type of struggle in my life. I need a, a constant like push or else. If I'm just sitting there all day in the couch and there's literally no expectations and nothing to do, it's like it, it's tough to that, be inspired. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you would think that like that would give you more space and more time to do what you really want to do, but you end up ultimately you don't end up actually using that time that way anyway. So it's、mm-hmm. just kind of like in my head, I was like, well, there's that, and then you know you can only live with your family at a certain age. For so long before you start getting frustrated, you know, because you're like,、oh, I want to do it this way or whatever. So I was like, I gotta go back to work. So I went back to work September,、mm-hmm. and yeah, and then ever since then, because you know my my industry is like uh, considered um, essential. So I've been I've been luckily I've been blessed to be able to work until now. So yeah, awesome.
How do you foresee music in general within the next five years or so? Um, I, I you know, these trends they they can't they, I feel that they can't kind of come in cycles. So you know, like we can see a lot of older synth pop synth sounds coming back, and I love that. I think it's awesome. We were we were on the trap wave for like a long time, and it's it's still going, but. At least around me, like people around me, it's getting you know they're getting pretty sick of it for the most part. You know they're like, okay, what's next? You know. Yeah. And you see a lot of like artists like The Weeknd or like um, even like uh, I remember I, I think like a couple of days ago I listened to Miley Cyrus's new album, and it's like very rock, you know, and like maybe she was maybe she's been on rock for a while. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I feel like these older not older I would say just like genres that used to be like popular in the past like they're coming back. And I'm really happy to see that uh, there's like definitely groundbreaking technology that's aiding the music industry right now. There's like uh, some blockchain stuff that my friends have been talking to me about. Um, I I feel personally for me, again, music is a huge part of my artistry, but it isn't it is it is not the end all be all for me. Mm. And so my focus right now is in video content and creating you know creating stories and worlds through video yeah and my plan ultimately is to move on to vr actually so i i've wanted to do this for a while like go into vr Mm -hmm. um it's something it's just mentally i have in my head i haven't really had a chance to develop uh thoroughly what i'm gonna do but i just think that that's the next thing you know like i don't know have you tried out the new oculus um you know, I have not, but I have heard um, some it's things crazy. about it here. Yeah, is it uh, is it really the next generational thing well, going on? I think e- even now, I think right now, even now, the equipment is still pretty bulky, right? Yeah, you still have these like two hand pieces that look pretty big and it doesn't feel natural sometimes, and you have this big headset that's kind of heavy. But right now, it's fully Bluetooth. It's mm-hmm. fully wireless. It's like a self self-contained. And what really blew my mind about this new headset is actually um, before you start the game or whatever you want to do, you draw out the outline in your in the physical space that you're in mm-hmm. that that the game or that program is going to use as the boundaries. So you can move within that space, and you'll be you would you would be moving within the game. You know, like and that to me is just like wow, like. We get to this point, and it's just gonna get better and better, right? Um, virtual shows is gonna be huge. It's a, it's already pretty big because of quarantine, but I think it's gonna get to this realism, this sense of realism, like this point of being so realistic that it's just like being in a concert, right? So that's gonna be very interesting, I think, moving forward. Do you think virtual shows um, will eventually overtake the live show realm? That's a great question. I I actually, so (laughs) contrary to what I was saying until now, Mm -hmm. I am a huge believer in in live performances. Yeah. Like, I I don't think, I think that virtual shows, people might prefer virtual shows in the future, but there will still be some people, maybe, maybe at that point, you know, these people will be like the hipsters, like the edgy, you know, the elitist or whatever. But I think I'll be one of them, you know, uh, to me, nothing replaces a live performance. And 
I can attest to that just from like my own experience of being a percussion performer, uh, Korean drums, you know, like you can't, you just can't listen to Korean drums over, you can have the highest quality audio, you know, speaker system, but you playing that through the speaker versus a performer playing it in front of you and you feeling literally the impact feeling the energy of the performer like you can't replace that you know yeah in addition to feeling the energy of the crowd there absolutely as well. you you're really right. can't you really can't duplicate um, the environment um right. that you're in there so you know virtual shows were cool like the first you know couple months of the pandemic here and uh, <laughs> it was something that we were all just kind of forced to adjust to but totally. i think like after three or four or five months we're just like you know what i'm kind of tired of these of these um of these youtube streams right, you know right, right. and um eventually i was just kind of craving to you know go to um an event um here so hopefully you know everyone you know gets vaccinated you know stays safe and we can um you know all have these um you know type of musical events soon yeah it, it, it actually it, i think it applies to like any human interaction you know like yeah even like we we do all these like uh, Zoom meetings with our friends, right? Having like Zoom parties, yeah, it's like fun. Like maybe like one or two times. After that, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, you're just chilling in front of your computer, right? Yeah, yeah, you're you're not even really like talking all the all the time. Sometimes too, right? Exactly, you know. Exactly. So I've had Zoom calls where people are playing video games, you know, <laughs> on the side, you know. So right, right, like <laughs> like even like dating, right? Like yeah. It's like there's just not, you're not gonna be able to replace the raw face to face interaction that you're gonna have, you know, with that person. And there are things, even though it's a video chat, there are things you can't catch of the other person until you meet them in person, you know. Yeah. So, you kind of talked about um, being in a dance group or, or um, in that in that type of capacity. Um, in high school here, and you've been involved with the Korean community uh, out here in the South Bay, and uh, you were involved with a dance group called Uris All. Is that how you pronounce it, Peter? It's it's a uh, Urisawi. So it's, actually, there's an acronym KCCU, Korean okay. Culture Center Urisawi. Yeah. Okay. How did you get involved uh, with that type of community, and what kind of friendships did you gather along the way there? So KCCU is actually uh, it was it was created by my mom. So she's the oh, CEO. Okay. She's oh the CEO wow. Of that. Yeah. And so she's yeah. been she's been man. You know she's created that and been maintaining managing that for the past over twenty years now, I'd say. Um, uh, actually nearing twenty years, I'd say. And you know, being the son uh, in an Asian family, you're gonna help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're gonna help your 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 parents with whatever they they need help with, right? Mm. And and for me, that happened to be, you know, there's a performance coming up. Can you please do this call to set this up? Or like a lot of event coordination, a lot of like right. logistical things, right? And so I was initially really involved with that. Also, I was a performer because, you know, my mom wanted me to learn some of this stuff. And so I did learn th those things. And I was, you know, blessed enough to perform with like just a lot of different performers in the bay area there's actually several korean traditional uh, drum groups uh, all around korea uh, all around uh, the bay area so there's a korean drum club in stanford mm -hmm. and there's also a korean drum club in in uh berkeley okay and and in berkeley they're called ego and i, I don't really keep in touch with the the recent group but we used to our organization used to be 
very strongly just like um we used to coordinate a lot of events with them and have workshops with them like run workshops for them and things like that and so i got to kind of get along with a lot of college kids even though i was a kid and yeah yeah i just got to honestly looking back I, it's one of the best things that happened you know in my life so I, i'm super proud of it um i got involved with it in in all ways possible i guess is the answer to that question do you still um keep in touch and are you still involved with the organization i i am actually um so we've been our organization has you know reached out to other groups um as well um i think with you know with uh what is it ego the berkeley college drum club they they we were involved with them because of a a different korean culture center um called kycc in oakland and kycc i don't know what happened to them now because i wasn't like too involved in the admin side of it but mm -hmm. we kind of i guess went our own ways with them uh, at some point and we started to focus i guess i should say my mom really uh misu ko she started to focus on teaching kids and she still does teach kids right now she teaches uh, several korean schools uh korean schools around the bay area she also teaches this high school korean drum club um for the korean uh what is it called i think it's diablo valley high school okay in in uh pleasanton or dublin uh mm -hmm. it's like a high school it's like a high school drum club and they're called hansamo and they they her and and her team so she we have our own team of performers um that are kind of trained through private lessons and things like that and her group and hansamo kind of are able to merge and throw these shows sometimes or help with events and things like that so we're kind of preparing for an upcoming uh video show i think um soon nice so the pandemic hasn't really altered your guys's um functionality as a community there right oh uh, well we it, it has it, it has changed a lot of things so she does most of her lessons now online right yeah so there's that um also when we do group practices it's never like in a small contained area like we we have we have to take the precautionary measures because we're dealing with kids and you know these these parents are very concerned obviously for each other's safety rightly so and so we we definitely take the precautions but yeah for the most part in the in the big picture of things we haven't you know we haven't stopped our efforts it's very good to hear um hopefully you guys can uh, keep it going you guys are doing really good work out there appreciate it man thank you all right as we finalize um our episode here we usually go through some rapid fire questions so what i usually do is i'll ask you about i would say you know six or seven you know quick questions and um, the only thing that you have to do is try to answer it in eight seconds or less okay for each question cool all right you ready let's do it all right first question for you who is your favorite musician of all time and why oh okay uh do i have to say one uh, you could say one or two. I'd say the two I can think of right now is Frank Ocean. Okay. He inspired a lot of my style and writing. And Nal, uh, he's a Korean singer, Korean soul and R&B singer. Awesome. What is uh, something most people do easily, but you find very difficult? Huh, okay. Um, clean my room? 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, let me think. You know, that could be a pretty difficult thing too. clean. The room <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're enough. right. It's, yeah. it's very universal, actually. <laughs> uh, man, this is this one's a hard one. This is a really hard one. I guess like I, I'm, I'm really bad at like laughing if I don't mean to. <laughs> My friends could tell instantly when I'm when I laugh at something that they know I'm not laughing for real. Like, you're, you're, you're lying to me so it's a fake laugh right it's, a fake laugh. it's, it's very it's hard for me to so it's try it's hard to suppress the fake laugh there yes in a sarcastic way in a sarcastic way right yes, yes, yes. okay i understand that <laughs> uh next question for you name the first word that comes to mind about this podcast so far mm, i'd say organized <laughs> <laughs> Very structured, well structured. <laughs> okay, I, I I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your eighteen-year-old self? Oh man, this is so okay. Dang, I, I would say patience. Patience. It's hard to have patience when you're in your early twenties, right? right? Because you're trying to um, do things at a hundred miles per hour um, right. here. I think I think I just regret buying into this idea that I have to be a millionaire by like, mm. 20, 20 <laughs> you know, it's like screw that. <laughs> like, well, it's great. also the it's also the comparison theory too, where you oh, absolutely. you, you kind of yeah. see like these people um, making millionaires or making billions, you know, off like apps and stuff, and you're just like, right. I need to, I need to make this much to be yes. happy, and then um, you know, once you kind of progress. Uh, through life, you realize that um, sometimes all the money in the world isn't isn't what's going to make you happy per se, you know. But it's mainly like some of the activities and some of like the um, social interaction that you have on a consistent basis. Totally. Um, I feel is um, what propels happiness in the long I run. I agree with you. I agree with you. Has a book or documentary ever changed your life? If so, which one and why? A lot of books have changed my life. I'd say um, I, I'm I'm I've always been a big fan of Mark Manson's writing. Mm. So how to not you know art of subtle art of not giving a fuck. That was a great book. But yeah. Before I I read his stuff before that too, and I like I like most of his work. Um, the Bible. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a, a probably the most significant book for me, mm -hmm. uh, especially as of late. You know, I, I've my spirituality, just my faith, has been absolutely just transforming my life and. So that's that's one I'd say, um, yeah. Two very good choices there, especially the first one. I really like that first book, and I think it's um, it's made a lot of money, Mark Madsen. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. He's, he's loaded now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. If you can eat one type of cuisine for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh man, <laughs> it's a tie for me between Mexican and Korean. Man, I just yeah. I love Mexican food too much. But I think I just have acid reflux every day if I if I ate um, Mexican, Mexican food. food. Yeah, it's so like, good, right? But yeah, yeah. like, man, like you know, if I eat that every day, just man, it might be it might just give me like a stomach ache every day. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I, I like it spicy too. You know, so like, yeah. <laughs> All right, last question for you: What is your favorite beverage and why? Favorite beverage? Um, damn, that's a hard one, dude. Uh, I don't know. Just water. <laughs> I've been really cutting down on soda for the most mm. part. Like I don't drink that much. I guess like boba. I guess boba is 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 definitely there up there for me. Yeah, you mentioned soda. I think I used to be on like a big diet, uh, 
Coca Cola. Oh, I remember kick, that, bro. You know? yeah. <laughs> I remember you would always have a straw, and I'd be like, "Why are you with a straw?" And you're like, "To not stain my teeth." I was like, "Ah, I get it." Yeah, <laughs> because you know when you drink like three, four, or five a day, you know it does stain your teeth after after a while. There, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a bad habit there, and those it was actually one of those habits that I had to break. So, oh, good for you, man. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up this week's episode, where can um, people find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, so I'm very active on my Instagram. Okay. So that that is at h a l i m e e y a. Okay. And um, so that's definitely one place. Uh, the second place would be YouTube. So you okay. can search h a l i m, and then my recent project is these days. Just these days. That's it. No, it's like these days with the S. Uh, definitely check out my video. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I would say those two are, are are the biggest forms of media that I that I use. And where can people find like some of your music here? I know you mentioned SoundCloud. Um, are there any other platforms, or just mainly SoundCloud there? I, I am on Spotify and um, iTunes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you, you can probably find me on any other platforms, but. I've actually recently revamped my Spotify, iTunes, and these other platforms except SoundCloud. SoundCloud is where you're going to find most of my music. And the reason is because, again, I'm kind of refocusing a lot of my creativity into video projects that include music instead of just music. So, Gotcha. Well, thank you very much for coming on to the show here. Um, it's been long overdue since we've actually had a chat. So, you know, I was really looking forward to this conversation and you didn't let me down in terms of everything that you just mentioned. And I think our audience would definitely appreciate uh, your story and and what you've um, what you've become so far. Thank you, man. I appreciate this opportunity. And we definitely got to grab dinner in person one of these days. Yeah, uh, it's going to be sooner than later here. But, awesome. um, awesome. you know, I, I really wanted to, um, you know, get this recording out there and uh, kind of tell the world. Um, about who you are and um, I'm just super excited uh, about your future and uh, we should uh, you know get some dinner sometime soon all right all right man thank you all right well that's the show for today guys take care